Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Uh, welcome to another Media Matters for Anfield Index. I'm your normal host, Dave Davis, coming to you from an absolutely glorious Edinburgh, it's got to be said. And I am really excited by this one, ladies and gents, I'm not going to lie. Almost my transfer target, I've badgered him 56,000 times and I've finally got him here, hopefully with a a nice drink, a bit of sunshine. I am delighted to say we are joined by the renowned and respected Neil Jones. Neil, how are we? Hi, mate. That's some build that you give me, isn't it? I feel like I've got to, uh, got to deliver on the back of that. But yeah, it's uh, I have got a drink. I have got a bit of sunshine. I've got yeah, a bit of um, bit of downtime, and happy to be it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, we'll see if that's the case at the end after the fifty-six thousand <laughs> questions we've got planned for you, but. It'll be the usual, ladies and gents. We promise we will get every bit of info out of Neil that we possibly can. We'll ask a few bits around on the field. Even though the season's finished, I think there's just a, a few things it's worth touching upon. And naturally, with, as someone said it today, silly season has started off the field, but the transfer stories have ramped up. So we will be asking Neil everything and everything we can, as you would like us to. So if we start on the field, Neil, because obviously... The Europa League, the bit of the, almost the mix, I'd say, the disappointing end of the season with the final league position, but naturally the shoots of hope is in the form, the little bits that we've seen. And probably the, the hot topic that was on a lot of people's mitts was the, the Trent situation, almost that move for him where he's in that double pivot in the 3-2-2-3, however you want to describe it. I mean, literally there was times he was absolutely sensational at the end of the season, the passing, even you know the goals, the free kick against Leicester, the assists. Long story short, on that, do you think going into the summer that switch, his performances, any of that aspect has a an effect? Would you say on Jurgen Klopp's transfer plans, or makes him think or reconsider any moves at all? I mean, it, I think it, I think it will come into his thinking. I, I don't necessarily think it should change anything about Liverpool. I mean, I I might sound a bit. Negative on this. I don't think Liverpool played that well in the in the, the final weeks of the season. I don't I don't think those eleven games were sort of, you know, they they weren't in my opinion Liverpool showing that they were back to their old selves or yeah. they were they were just Liverpool sort of doing enough to, to win games. Which you know I, I suppose 
conversely, that is sort of Liverpool being a, a bit like an old selves. But I, I wasn't convinced by Liverpool in the final week of the season, and I wasn't convinced by Trent in that midfield role. I wasn't, I didn't look at it and think, well, they, they fixed anything. It, it looked like they fixed mm. a little bit. Of, they looked, they fixed a bit of Trent, and I think they, they woke a bit of him up. Um, but I saw similar problems with 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 or as many problems with putting them in there as as I did solutions because of obviously the, the gaps it leaves elsewhere, the pressure yeah. it puts on, for example, the right side of the centre back. For for example, the the sort of profile you need to be to play that sort of right sided number eight um, or, or almost number ten midfielder. You know the, the, the position Henderson was playing at times. So I think it's given Jurgen something to think about in terms of trends. You know. It did seem to light a little fire under him, and I think yeah. maybe that that might be the biggest thing that came out of it. That he looked like he enjoyed his football a lot more in the closing weeks of the season. Um, what it looks like going forward, I mean, you have to remember, I suppose as well, there were some players that that weren't available in in, in the closing stages. You know, for example, Thiago wasn't available. So how does that True. look when Thiago when Thiago's available? It, it's different. What does it look like when? It isn't Canate, you know, as the right centre back. You yeah. know, could you do that with with Joel Matter? But I, I would feel a lot less confident doing it with Joel Matter. Um, Darwin Nunez obviously wasn't wasn't available in the final weeks of the season, or wasn't available much. So I think there's still things to figure out. But definitely from a from a point of view of the individual himself, I think it it was good to see Trent sort of really step into a role where it looked like he really relished the responsibility, and it looked at least he yeah. proved. I think he did prove to a lot of people. I was, I was probably one of those people who doubted it. He proved that you probably could play in the midfield on occasion, or you know, in in certain games if the team was structured around them correctly. Um, I think just the, the way that you structured the team probably is the biggest question I'd take. You know, do you have to buy a right back? Do you have to do you have to buy a certain type of midfielder? Do you have to have a certain type of centre back, certain types of forwards? I think you probably do to to, to compensate for it. Whether Liverpool yeah. have that long term, I'm not entirely sure, but. I think there's no question. It was nice. It's always nice to get a reminder, isn't it? That in Trent, you do have this sort of unbelievable talent that just does things on the pitch, regardless of sort of how well the general team's playing. You always just two, three, four things in a game that you just takes your breath away, and that is always the case, isn't it? And probably in midfield, it's even more stark. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah, especially with the sort of sparsity of options we've had this season at times as well. I mean, it's probably a bit of a gut feeling more than anything, but. With that change, and I suppose it's, it's me using these words, this up to a three-two-two-three as opposed to the four-three-three. Do you think that switch is now going to what's going to go with it next season, or do you think based on potential targets and obviously we'll come on to the names? I suppose you call four-three-three the tried and tested. What's your sort of gut tell you around that? What you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose the other thing comes from the back the back end of the season. They didn't really play. What you would say it was a top side. I know, I know they obviously switched to it with the, in the Arsenal game. They, they played Spurs when Spurs were a bit of a low, low ebb. Mm. But they, they, they played a lot of teams where if you, if you were going to experiment with something and, 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 and feel like you could get away with it, probably, yeah, you know, Nottingham Forest, Leeds, Southampton, Leicester yeah. at the time. You know, they, they played a lot of games, like even Aston Villa to a degree, and that didn't really work, if, if we're being honest. But, I would be interested to see. I, I, I cannot imagine Liverpool if they started the season next season against Arsenal or Manchester City, you know, being so sort of open in that sense. You know, there, was, yeah. there were moments, there were moments even in those games where you thought, "Wow, you need you need to fix the structure of this team because it's it's getting attacked too easily or it's getting sort of overrun too easily." But mm. 
I think it does give them an option in you know in games or in season where certain home games, for example, where you think, you know what, we're going to have loads of the ball. Why don't we get make sure it's our best player who's on the ball, you know, as much as possible. We're going to have to sort of break down maybe deeper defences, or we have to find new solutions to break down teams. Why not get you know our, our most creative and our best player into those kind of areas a bit more frequently, or, or areas that are harder to defend? Um, I think Jürgen clearly was looking for things throughout the season. Was maybe think back to sort of the, the autumn. There was a sort of switch to four forwards uh, for a for brief yeah. period before the injuries came. Then there was a switch to a sort of a very untried midfield in January when Bajetic came into the side. Then there was this switch to, to Trent in, in this, this new role. I mean, I think we saw a little bit of it last pre-season, even Trent playing that role, but it was far more pronounced, wasn't it, in the closing weeks mm-hmm. of the season. So I think there is, I think there is probably an acceptance from Jürgen that he maybe does need to be a bit more creative in, in, in his tactical, you know, or a bit more flexible in his tactical approach, um, but I'm not. I'm not sure Liverpool will sort of play every game with with the, with this box midfield. I suppose it depends on who's available. I mean, they had a lot of injuries this season. You know, it just so coincided a little bit towards the back end in it that, for example, Jota was available, Gakpo was there, and Curtis Jones was available. I think we would have had if the injuries had been Curtis was unavailable and Thiago was available. I'm not sure you play that system, for for example, but. We'll see. I, mean, I think the, the good news is I've been, you know, I've been a bit of a downer there on the, the last eleven games. I think the good news that's come from it is that Liverpool have seen that a Trent, you know, really is this special talent that we we all knew he was. But b, you can win games without playing four three three, and Liverpool have, you know, Liverpool have done that for so many years with so much success. It is always nice to see that they can do it by doing, you know, what was basically a three at the back, wasn't it? You know, with Robertson tucked in and, yeah. and you know Karate or whoever sort of. Almost playing two positions at once and Trent playing two positions at once. Yeah, indeed. And probably the the interesting sort of pivot from that is as much as we talk about formations, they always say the traditional saying it's the players that make it, it's the quality you've got on sort of on the field. And probably leads me to to jump off the field. I know you've no doubt we'd ask you about a thousand things to get sort of the latest updates. And gotta be top of the list. This one According to the likes of Fabrizio Romano, has been closer each day. I think Alexis McAllister has been practically camping in Jurgen Klopp's office by the sounds of it. But the latest update, sort of the breaking update from yourselves and other journalists, is today that a medical an agreement to a medical, I think it was called, hasn't it, has, has been agreed. There's there's two parts I really want to ask on this because there's there's really mixed reviews, and it might not be known, but the first part was around the fee because. There's various fees naturally running transfers going round anywhere to just below 40 million to even closer to, to 50 million. I suppose, what's your take on it or what have you heard around the fee to start with? Yeah, so the, you're right. I mean, I think, I think the fee is, you know, that we know at the moment is, is sort of whatever you want between 40 to 60 million, I think is, is the sort of the fee. I think, it, I think you're looking closer to 50 um, or, you know, the, low, that, the lower end of that. Um, are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise, and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA 
to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. It's a bargain, isn't it? I think that's the, that's the yeah. sort of... I think even if it was the upper end, I think even £60 million is a decent deal for Liverpool for a player of that quality. You know, he's proven what he's done or what he's proven in the Premier League, but also at international level. He's at the age that he's at. He's, he's also someone who, you know... And, and this shouldn't really come into our thinking as, as, as fans and as journalists, but, you know, you, you look at the wages that have gone off the bill this summer, Alexis McAllister doesn't really make a dent in that. You know, even if he's on a True. contract, you know, he doesn't... He doesn't sort of, he doesn't match what Keita, Oxford, Chamberlain, Firmino, Milner were earning. Yeah. You know, probably a third of that, I would imagine, or, you know, at, at most. So, you, you're, you're really getting a, you know, you're upgrading, you're, you're sort of starting 11 before you've even spent a penny almost in that, in that, that sense, you know, on, on the wages. The fee, the fee's also obviously very, very promising and very, very reasonable, probably. Not from a Brighton sense. Yeah. Also, you think obviously he was out of contract in the summer, wasn't he? Until he, you know, he signed a deal um, in October, I think it was. Mm. Where you know, so so from a Brighton perspective, I can understand this. Well, they, they were they were probably going to get nothing for him if he's made it clear. He, you know, look, if you, if I'm going to be held to this contract for four or five years, you know, I'm not signing this contract. Yeah. So there's probably a, there's probably a, a little bit of a a gentleman's agreement on that part that look sign this contract we'll get a good fee for you and we'll let you go in the summer when it's a certain level of club or a certain type of club um, it looks like a move that suits all parties I, I, I'm excited by this one I know you are and I know a lot of Liverpool fans we've spoken to are I think, I think the more we saw of Brighton and the more we saw of him over the course of the last 12 months 18 months I think the more everyone was impressed by him he was yeah. a name that, I think he came from nowhere a little bit you know he had obviously Got a little bit of an unusual name for an Argentine. I think why watch this? I think it was a bit of a novelty on too, where everyone was like, "Who's this guy? He plays for Brighton." And then when you when he started scoring a few belters, didn't he? And then he started, you know, really influencing games. I think people started to think, "Wow, this is this is some player." And I think if you look at the fact that he can go into a team that's got Lionel Messi as its leader and make an impact in that team, you know, you think about. Yeah. Think about some of the players Argentina have had that probably haven't delivered on the international stage. You know, brilliant players, but have almost struggled in the shadows of, of Messi. People like him, people like Enzo Fernandez, really went in, didn't he? And, and, and looked like they relished it and looked like they were yeah. willing to do, to, to do all the, the sort of the things that were needed to be successful. And I think that really bodes well for a player coming into a club like Liverpool in a situation like Liverpool are in, where they've got something to aim for. They've fallen off a little bit. They have they have to rediscover a little bit. Um, I think it's a very good start to what's going to be a very big summer for Liverpool. Yeah, absolutely. Fingers crossed. And I agree with everything you said there. Sort of, the, and it probably leads to the second part I want to ask you because we look at him. We obviously from from what we know in the, the Premier League, and he really has played a variety of positions for Brighton. He's almost been part of that double six day play sometimes. I want Kai say though, almost a, an A on the right side, even left side on occasions. It's fair to argue, and then they even push him up into a 10 sometimes when they need goals. It's, I suppose for us, do you do you get the feeling that it may be, a, again, a versatile brief or do you think Jürgen's got somewhere specifically in mind for him? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I think flexible is, is, is the key word. I mean, I think I think he'll have a, a position in mind to start with, but I think what Liverpool have, have always had really is, is, is players 
that you can plug into two or three positions. I think Eugenie Wijnaldum is probably the best example of, of it all, yeah. isn't he? In, in that midfield role. I mean, George Jordan's got it, you know, playing. I mean, he, all of this season, he's basically played right mid, hasn't he? You know, True. It, it's been so pronounced how, how wide he's played, but he's also played as a six. He's played as, as a, a, you know, a classic box to box sort of number eight. But you think of Wijnaldum in particular, I mean, you could have put him into any situation at any any position. Liverpool did, didn't he? he played centre back, he played midfield, he played left side, he played right side, he played centre forward uh, yeah. in a new camp. Um so I think you see McAllister in that, that kind of vein. I think what I what I also think is very important is he's someone that he's coming in as a marquee signing, but he doesn't feel like a marquee character is we just yeah. doesn't feel like he's coming in with this sort of grand design of like right I come in and you know give me the give me the sort of all the load I think he's someone who looks quite comfortable sharing the load and sort of almost you know bringing out like listen out you know I'll come in and I'll I'll help I'll help Lewis Diaz be a better mm. player because I'll just fill in when Lewis Diaz goes wandering or I'll when Gakko drifts I can I you know he seems to have that that understanding of what's needed to be part of a team as well and I think Liverpool maybe at times they lost a lot of that structure last season, especially in the True. first half, half of the season or you know, up until maybe February, March. They lost a lot of that automatic sort of structure that they used to have where everything just fitted and it, you know, you didn't yeah. sort of how many times did we see, you know, you, you you could stop a game, just freeze frame it and you'd see Sadio Mane high on the right and Mo Salah sort of deep and then, you know, someone Andy Robertson sort of Pressing the goalkeeper and those kind of things, and it all yeah. still it all still made sense, you know, in terms of even though it was people in different positions. I think Liverpool lost a lot of that, and you saw obviously how easy they were to play against. I think having someone like McAllister who fits and 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 connects with with teammates, hopefully anyway from the off, um, I think just makes them immediately a better side. And also, if, you know, just to go to to Brighton, you know. They've got a few players. I think that a lot of people would like to to sign this summer yeah. in, in in future summers and future windows. But he's also been playing a team that really has played a high wire act, doesn't it? You know, playing yeah. risk, risky, risky football all season and you know, all you know certainly since Deserby came in, but even before that with Graham Potter, he's played at that sort of level where you have to be technically clean. You have to sort of you know. You, you don't make mistakes because it's almost that you're so open and you're so high up the pitch that you, you're costing your team. So I think the fact that he's coming in having played that kind of high risk football really benefits Liverpool because it means he can he can play on the front foot. It means that he's used to being sharp and being aggressive and being able to win the ball back and you know yeah. playing in areas and, and, and asking for possession and demand possession. So there's a lot there's a lot to like about the sign and the depth there really is and you know. Like I say, it is only a start. To, 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 there needs to be more behind it. But I think if you just said, you know, let's take Bellingham out of the equation. I'm sure. I'm sure he'll be mentioned at some point later in the show. Well, let's take Bellingham out as the sort of the perfect mm-hmm. signing. If you just said to someone, sort of January, when as soon as January window closes, okay, your first sign of the summer is Alexis McAllister. I think a lot of people would have said, great, that's yeah. great. And, and you know, given yeah. given that that was before you even knew you were in the Europa League. That's that's a, a good a good start for Liverpool. You know, I think it's a Champions League player going to play for a Europa League club. Yeah, absolutely. can't dispute that for one second. And I think you phrased it perfectly there. It feels like a great start, and almost me not wanting to sound negative now, but a start only. So probably the and I'm sure you've seen many things on social media, but there's the the speculation, isn't there? And that even people's belief will it be three midfielders, four, even two if it's two starts, as, as some people have uh, alluded to. I suppose 
the two hottest names, probably my phrase there, that we're seeing at the moment, Manu Kone from Borussia Mönchengladbach and, if I'm pronouncing it right, Kepren Turam at Nice there. They're probably the, the hottest names that seem to you know keep coming up and we know there's many names probably going to continue to be linked for the summer. I suppose with those two names, any update you can give us on that or do you think there's something really in it with those two? Yeah, I think I think the two players that Liverpool are, have looked at and, and, and are looking at, you know, I, still, I mean, I have to be, I have to be clear, you know, I think there's, there's a danger sometimes that when, when you say things like that, it, it feels bigger than it actually is, you know. What, yeah. For example, when I say Liverpool like Jacob Ramsey from Villa, for example, everyone likes Jacob Ramsey from Villa, you know, he's, he's a, he's a 21 year old yeah. midfielder who's scoring goals in the Premier League. There's a difference, I suppose, between we like this player, we think he's a good player, you know, or we also think he's one for us. Mm. I, I think, in Taram's case, I think that I think there is something in, in Liverpool's interest in him beyond liking him as a player. I think there's something in him. I think they they see, you know, he's an unusual or a rare, should I say, sort of type of midfield, but he's so physically imposing. But he's a footballer, you know. He, he's yeah, he's got that. You know, I've seen him compared to, to sort of a lot of players, but Pogba being one of them, you know, he's got that sort of that mix of physicality and, and yeah. skill and, and, you know, technical quality, hasn't he? I think there's obviously, you know, people don't like sort of hearing these kind of things sometimes, but there's obviously levels to, to it. You know, you look at what he what he does, he plays he plays in these, he plays in, 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 the, in the French League, he, he, he's played a couple of times, I think, or once for France, certainly. Um there's levels still that he has to go through before you sort of say, oh, okay, like, you know, he's a sure thing for the, for the top club. He, at the yeah. moment, he's, he's, he's good potential, isn't he? He's a good player, good potential. Um, I look, you know, for look, just, just for example, look at his stats. I did a little bit of digging into the stats for, for in Liga and he sort of plays around 40 passes a game. You think, okay, if you play in midfield for Liverpool, you double that at the start. You know, you sort of, how do you handle being on the front foot in games a lot? How do you handle when you don't need to use your sort of, your legs as much you need to use yeah. your, 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 your positional play is what what counts because you sort of you want to you want to be sort of penning teams in that kind of thing. But I think there's a very interesting player there definitely, and it seems like a good character as well. Um, looks like someone who's got a bit of depth to them, and as you'd expect maybe from someone who's got his, his upbringing and his, you know the family background, he looks like he's got a good head on his shoulders. Yeah. Um. So I think I think there's something in around. I, Kone, I, I don't really know, to be honest, or beyond the fact that, you know, he's a, he's a young midfielder doing good things in the Bundesliga, which mm. means Liverpool will be very much aware of him, as will every other club that's, you know, of that ilk. Um, I wonder whether Kone, that, that, that link's sort of been accelerated by the new guy coming in, obviously, as sporting director in Schmadka. Um, I think there's a story, was, was there a story about his son going into the Yeah, Schmadka Schmad- 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 Junior, yeah. Yeah, Mills, yeah. So, I mean, that, that, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of smoke there, isn't there? You know, in, yeah. in that sense. So I can understand why that story would turn up. I, I can't say I've seen Pone too much. I can't say I've seen Turam too much beyond the sort of research we all do when, when these names pop up and, you know, the, the, the Y Scout clips and the, the YouTube compilations and, mm. you know, some of the, some of the, um, to be fair, some of the stuff that you guys and the Anfield Rap and the Redmen do where you'll speak to fans from, you know, from Gladbach or from Nice or yeah. wherever. Um, but, I think there's two players that definitely have potential to go and get a good move this summer. I think the question is whether Liverpool are willing to, what they're willing to spend on players that they're going to have to work on. You know, if you, if you look at, maybe, maybe 
maybe if he decides in February Liverpool are going to sign out, they're going to say, well, they've got to be, there's got to be two immediate starters. Yeah. Maybe the, maybe the way the season ends, maybe the difference there is you have to get one immediate starter and one who can dip in and out. Um, but I still lean towards, I, I would want, I would want a little bit more guarantee on, on, on another midfielder this summer. I, I would want to sort of have a really good idea that they're going to go straight into the team even from the first day of next season. So we'll see, you know, the, I say there's so many names. I mean, we, I, I, I'd love, I'm sure someone's done it somewhere on Twitter, a list of all of, all of the midfielders that have been linked with Liverpool, but you could, you could make a sort of a dictionary, I think, out of, out of them, the way, the way it's gone this summer. I'm sure there'll be more, but those two certainly seem to that I'd keep a good eye on, especially to Ram, I think. Brilliant. Yeah. And uh, absolutely. I have no doubt they'll continue and, Probably, as we know with Liverpool, something opportunistic or last minute, if you want to call it that, just pops out of nowhere in these situations as well. And I think, sorry, just just before you carry on, sorry, I think as well, you have to remember, there are a lot of clubs looking for a lot of similar types of player this summer, aren't True. they? You know, so that means the dominoes can form. We've seen it already. I mean, you know, maybe a month ago, Mason Mount sort of looked pretty nailed on to come to Liverpool. Yeah. I, I, I think I expect him to come to Liverpool now. All of a sudden, he's going to United for whatever reason. But that obviously means there's been a pivot somewhere from the player from, from, and from United. It means obviously there could be a pivot from Liverpool. The same can happen elsewhere. You know, you've got Arsenal looking at Caicedo, Declan Rice. Yeah. You know, you've got you've got Newcastle looking at I think um, James Madison, people like that. Gabby Vega was linked with them only, only this week with Newcastle. You've got even, you know, you even look at Real Madrid. Obviously, they're going to sign Bellingham. You've got Dortmund. Who are they going to sort of say? So there's a lot of a lot of knock-on effect possible in the in the transfer market. So you think you might you might see a few dominoes sort of effects over the next few weeks. Um, but the hope is that Liverpool obviously just get you know the one that they want or the two that they want. I I, I don't know about your opinion on it. I I think two probably midfielders and and, and a defender um, would be the sort of I think that would be Liverpool really addressing their problems this summer. Um, regardless of almost who the players are, if they if they decide that we need three midfielders and defender, I would say that's Liverpool with the, with the finger on the pulse in terms of what's wrong with their squad. Um, anything less leaves them open, I think, to the the accusation that they got last season and the season before, where it was like, yeah, good business, but not enough. Yeah, yeah, which is which is interesting because yeah, it's a bit you probably guess with with our Discord Discord groups, all the different things. It's that hot topic of yeah, what's the good summer? What's a decent summer and what's the standard bare minimum FSG type? What's the budget even and where that will go? You know, how many? Yeah. It's great talking about these players, but once the McAllister money's spent, you know, the more cynical fan base will be thinking, well, a can of Pepsi, a one bar and a chop probably won't get you three midfielders or the rest of what you want. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah indeed. Yeah. Fing- fingers crossed, though. And that was probably the question I did want to ask about the, the summer moves, let's call them that, the window. Is the real positive, and, and it may be clutching for some people, but based on last summer's like disaster, almost the Arthur, Arthur Mello last minute dot com, is it now pleasing to see that there is a list, probably the easiest way to describe it, Liverpool are making a lot of moves and are probably looking to pull the trigger on the right ones, and that will mean there's not going to be a sort of Arthur Mello last minute, you know, we're still unknown yeah. about the budget and things like that, but is it pleasing to see there's lessons learned, if that's the right phrase, from previous windows? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think what it also says is probably that, you know, 
it got so bad, didn't it, that you couldn't you couldn't avoid the sort of the, the issue. And if if anything good comes out of that first half of last season, probably that's it, isn't it? You know that you yeah you you couldn't pin it all on one injury or you know. I understand I understand the Canate window where it was you could look at that pandemic season and just say we just had the centre backs, you know, and and, yeah. and, that, and and that'll fix that. That just by having those centre backs available will fix a lot of the problems at Liverpool, and he did, didn't yeah. he? Really, um, but I didn't get the impression of that last season. I never got the impression, even when Diaz and Jota were out, that you just plug those two back in and everything's fine. I didn't. I never got that impression with it. I got the impression that this was this went beyond it, and that mm. this this needs to be fixed with some transfers and some signings, you know. And, uh, I don't think Liverpool are reverse. I mean, you have to remember they did actually spend, you know, commit to what would be a record deal last summer in, in Darwin and yes, and the, the, there was a there was a fair bit of excitement around Fabio Carvalho. I know that subsequently hasn't really caught fire, but yeah. they did they did start last last summer's window decent, didn't they? You know, I think they both signed they were both signed before the first. So I think Calvin Ramsey was in yeah. before the window had even opened. It was just what came next, and it was just that sort of that one, and I think. Look, I don't, I don't think it's anyone's secret. I know, I know, a lot of people beat the drum even when Liverpool were were really sort of, you know, weren't losing a game, weren't losing a goal, never mind the game. But everyone, I think, knew there was a midfielder required last season. I, I know yeah. Jürgen gave, I, gave a press conference. I was at the press conference or press briefing where he talked about midfield and he he done that thing where he said, you know, tell me who, who you would buy and you know, what what are we lacking then? Going, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't cross my mind, you know, for one second to think that we need to do something like that. And you don't it doesn't really work like that. But the sort of the obvious repost when he said what kind of midfield do we need is it's it's a reliable one, isn't it? And I see a yeah. younger one. You know, a, a sort of one between twenty two and twenty six who plays regularly. That yeah. that was the sort of that's the answer to it. And I just think Liverpool I think they gambled a little bit. Whether it's a money issue, whether it's a whether they were too wedded to the idea of, I could say, one of those those elite midfielders, the Bellingham, Chiumani. So I mean, I think you can have question marks around Chiumani. By the way, I mean, he, he's you know he's obviously a brilliant player. His first season at Real Madrid, okay, you know, he didn't didn't play in a lot of big games and hasn't. You wouldn't say he's sort of nailed down everything that we think. I don't think he. I don't think he's proven that he's in the same league as Bellingham personally. Um but they were probably wedded to that idea of a big money midfielder, you know, a big sort of yeah. right, we're gonna go and get a, a marquee sort of midfielder. And and coupled with that, they decided to, to try and squeeze another year out of, you know, Milner, for example, Cater, Oxley Chamber. It just it didn't work and you look silly because <laughs> So Joel Matip season last season is is the the outlier, isn't it? Yeah. It's not the norm. You can you can get convinced that it's the norm. It's the outlier. So when Joel Matter plays forty games or forty four games, whatever in a season, that's unusual. It's more likely that he's going to play twenty five or thirty. The same applies with Kate and Oxley Chamber. When, when they get yeah. injured, you can't. I don't think you can sort of turn around and say that's bad luck, isn't it? You know, getting injured so early in the season. I think I think it's bad planning. I think you look at it and say, yeah. It was, Probably going to happen, wasn't it? You know, mm. so and lo and behold, by the end of August, those two are both sidelined. Thiago sidelined. You know, not really a huge surprise there. Obviously, Canate picks up that injury early in the season, which was just, you know, rotten time. I mean, in in a, a, a nothing friendly, you know, a sort of a ceremonial yeah. friendly at Anfield. 
Nunez gets sent off in his first home game, and by the end of sort of you know the first couple of weeks of the season, you're in this position where everything that you you, you hoped wouldn't happen, and everything that you you sort of <laughs> that you you doubt is thought would happen has happened. Um, so yeah, I do think I do think there'll be I, I think there'll be there'll be no excuse for Liverpool not to go and address these issues because they've been yeah. so stark, they've they've been outplayed. It wasn't a case of do you know what we ran out of legs, or you know what it was? We just didn't have enough players available, or we didn't this. We had a bit of bad luck. They actually, they actually turned for a spell, even when they had pretty good sides on the pitch. They turned into a very average team, probably a below average team for a spell, and that has to sharpen your minds. And you, that I think the only way to fix that, yet through training and yet through sort of you know working through some of your problems, but also through a bit of freshening up. And I think Liverpool needed needed that last summer. They certainly needed it. Um, this summer, or certainly required it this summer. Yeah, absolutely. It, it feels uh, we always say this, but it does feel pivotal, whatever way you describe it. And yeah. one thing, and I, I'll be honest, I want to know it as well. And the, the sort of the, the subscribers are quite keen on because all the talk's been about the midfield, understandably, with with what's needed. But the two other areas of the pitch, especially the the defence, the only real name that I've seen recently with a sort of heavy link, if that's the right phrase, and I might be pronouncing this wrong, Mickey van der Ven, the centre-half at, at Wolfsburg. Yeah. That's the only name we've really seen. I mean, there's been a lot of timber ruling out, so to speak, and then he's there at the FA Cup with the United <laughs> guys, isn't it? Which probably answers that, maybe. Anything you can tell us on, sort of, Mickey van der Ven, the defence, anything along those lines? Yeah, van der Ven, I don't think, I don't think they'll still sign van der Ven, personally. I think the real, the real issue with the centre backs is Jurgen rates them higher than probably a lot of people True. do. Yeah. So, so the bar to, to get a new centre back in needs to be very high, and unfortunately, that means the bar, if it's high, means a lot of money. And I can understand why Liverpool would feel in a in a summer like this when the midfield is the sort of priority. Hmm. The, let's just ring Joel Matip and Joe Gomez for another year. It's a it's a sim, it's it's not dissimilar to the Cater Oxford Chamberlain decision of last season, is it? But so I I personally think. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable, there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter, at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. If Liverpool were, were Man City, I think they would have sold Joel Matip last summer. Definitely. He's got two years left on his deal. He's just played a season where he's played more games in a season than he's ever played before. Well, certainly since he's been at Liverpool, I think Liverpool would have said that's the moment. Thanks for everything. Go. Um, but they didn't. 
and he didn't have a great season. Now he's got a year left on his deal, which means yeah. he's in his early thirties. He's not gonna he's not gonna move the dial in terms of money off the wage bill. He's not gonna move the dial in terms of transfer fee that you get in. And he is a good player. Like, you know, yeah. when he's available and if you have to play Joel Matted, if you if you've got another forty game season out of Joel Matted, you're probably gonna have a decent season because he's a good player. True. But that means that it makes it hard to find a replacement because you're sort of you're diverting your funds elsewhere. You're also then you've got to find someone who is better than Joel Matter. And the, there are some out there. I mean, you know, listen, that's subjective. That's your own opinion on, on mm. what you think. But I don't think Jürgen sees that. I mean, he used to say about Dan Lovren quite a lot. Didn't he? he used to say, find me a better centre-back than Dan Lovren to be fourth choice. You know, it just, it isn't. And, and a lot of people would, would say, well, I'll give you 20. But <laughs> yeah. like, he didn't see it that way. He sees that. I think he still sees that with Joe Gomez. And he's had a really difficult, Probably really difficult two seasons, Joe Gomez. You know, you think yeah. back to even the, the the quadruple challenging season. He didn't really play a lot at centre back. Certainly not in the league. I think he played a few good games at right back. Played in you know the cups and the the the, the, the change teams at centre back. Um, but he's really struggled to, to to really get back to that player we saw before he had you know this horrendous knee injury that that he had in the in the pandemic season. But Jürgen still has a lot of trust. He knows that he knows how Liverpool play. He, he's, you know, he, he trains to the high level. He, he's, he's on board with the, with the whole collective element. And it, yeah. I wonder whether they might just look at the centre back situation this summer and think it's, it's just don't give ourselves a headache with that. You know, just like sort the midfield and the centre back will look a lot better as opposed to that. I wonder whether they might think that, but. I, all I think with that is it just puts it off until next summer and it becomes even more vital then next summer because yeah. Matip's, Matip's out of contract and Dyke will be 32, 33. Joe Gomez obviously okay. Let's see where he gets to. He's got a long-term deal but how many games are you going to play this season? We'll see. Canate, I think Canate potentially could be one of the best centre-backs in Europe but he's also got some fragility in there. He's got, he's missed yeah. you know, a fair bit of football. He's had some injuries, hasn't he? And, you know, you're still, you're still waiting to see him sort of Get that that season where he he plays almost every minute, you know, like Van almost like Van Dijk the last season. So if you were to if you were to have your glass half empty, you could say come next next summer you could need two or three centre backs as opposed yeah. to to one or two. Um, so I if, if listen if I was if I was getting my way this summer, and I'm, I'm sure if a lot of people in the comments and the the, the, the Twitter and, and the social media sphere were getting their way, I think Liverpool would do a centre back this summer. The only thing is, it has to be someone who's better than what they already have. And you yeah. know, I think it's easier to find a better version of Gomez than it is a better version of Matter. But probably because of the age and the contract situation, you probably need to find a better version of Matter more. Yeah, true. I, well, I, I completely agree with that. I think one of our subscribers put it really well, actually, one of the Discord chats the other day. They said, if you don't sort the centre-back situation this summer, it becomes the midfield situation for next summer, so to speak. It's just, again, a scramble, trying to get someone in your desperate all of a sudden, and then, yeah, yeah. you're in real problems. Yeah, and, and, listen, and look, without, you know, this isn't me making excuses for, for, for the club. You're seeing it's difficult to find them, isn't it? There, there are, True. I know, if I, if I asked you, if I asked you to name the 10 best centre-backs in the Premier League, you'd have a job. I think it'd be a, it'd be a tough, Tough one to say he's a brilliant centre back in the Premier League. Yeah. There's a few, obviously. You know, City have got City have done pretty well with theirs, haven't they? You know, Van Dyke. I think you can still give him a pass, even though he's had a difficult season. But you know, you look at 
you look at the centre backs, you know, United have got an aging player in Varane who they have to sign, like, you know, at the back yeah. end of his career, you know, Alessandro Martinez, I think, will probably grow into a goal. But he, I mean, he's a flawed centre back. You look at Arsenal centre backs and you're saying, okay, Saliba, yeah, but I, I, I wasn't, you know, I, I didn't buy into the sort of, the transformative effect he has. I think, you know, Gabriel, right. not really, you know, uh, Rob Holding, not, no. Look at Spurs, there's problems with centre back. You look at, you know, Newcastle got a good one, I think. They, they nailed that one with Botman, didn't they? They, they got yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Fabian Scher, you know, is, is there. He's been there years, you know, it's sort of like, I don't think you saw him sort of becoming this elite sort of centre back. So I think it's tough to find them. And that, what that does then is it means that when you, when you find one, i.e. someone like Vardiol from Leipzig. Everyone's on the mind, you know, everyone's yeah. sort of sniffing around that, that position. And I mean, I really like Colwell, who's at Chelsea, obviously, who's been at Brighton this season. I saw Brighton had a bid rejected last week to yeah. before him around 30 million. I, I, I'm not sure Liverpool or any, any sort of top six or, you know, top, um, big six club or big mm. seven club would be able to get him out of Chelsea. But I thought if you could get him, at this stage, I think he'd be a huge signing for someone like Liverpool. Really good ball playing centre back, yeah. really young. You've got that ability to, to play sort of outside the width of the penalty box as well. You can go and defend in wide areas. He's brilliant, but like I say, everyone's got the same idea. So it, it, <laughs> it is difficult to sign. You saw how difficult it was for Liverpool to get a centre back when they had none. No, they didn't have any centre backs, and they ended up with you know stumbling upon Ben Davis and those in Quebec. They waited for Canate. You know, looks like they got that one right, but that shows you how difficult it is to find these top level centre backs. I just worry that, like you, the, the user said in the Discord chat, you're in a position where you don't need to find one, you need to find two or three next summer, yeah. and that, that does become a problem. Yeah, absolutely. And def- defensive midfield, probably natural, but the, the forward line is one that definitely, I don't know how I put this. Maybe the, the lesser priority for many, but there's still a few who think, no, hold on, like, there's something in this. Bobby's naturally gone, which is gutting. You know, Carvalho seems set to leave, be that permanent loan, whatever that may be. Obviously, there's a lot of talk around that. There's, there's not really been any specific names or stand out like there has with the other area. I think the only one I could really think that sort of mentioned in a fleeting glance was, I think it's Bradley Barcola, I think, at Leon's, the one I've seen that has mentioned. But, the other side, you'll get the argument of like, hold on, we've got five centre forwards. You've got Ben Doak coming through, Harvey Elliott. You know, you know, you could push higher. There's other options. Do you get the feeling from what you're hearing that a forward could be in the plans, or are you thinking, nah, Jurgen's happy with what he's got there, he's going, or are you hearing any different at all there? Yeah, I have. I have to say, I haven't heard anything with regards to a forward. I think, obviously. I think there's a fair question to ask around that. You know, I, I think Liverpool didn't score enough goals last season. You know, yeah. in, in, across the season, they, obviously they scored clubs of goals, nine and seven and seven and six in, in games. And, you know, they, they, they didn't currently with poor goals for totals. But mm. there were a lot of times when Liverpool didn't, especially away from home, just didn't look like they were going to score or didn't look like they had anything on the bench that could get them a goal when they were yeah. chasing the game. Um, and that was with, at times, that was with having six forwards at the club, you know, with, with when Gakpo came in in January. So there's a legitimate concern. I think the flip side of that is obviously is that if you've got Jota for a season, you know, I think that changes a lot. 
Right. If you've got, you know, if Nunez can, can find some sort of rhythm and I, I'm very much, I, I can, I can feel the sort of, I can feel the, the swing on myself a little bit with, with Nunez, yeah. you know, just in terms of the way I speak. I think, I think there was a lot of people who were very, very sort of, uh, determined early on in his career to sort of really get behind him. I felt, I felt a little bit when a few of the players came back, when Jota Diaz came back, there was probably a little bit of a shift in people sort of starting to actually go, well, hang on, is this a problem? I, I'm still, I'm still pretty much in the camp that I think he'd be a good player for Liverpool or can be a good player for Liverpool. They just have to find a little bit of a, a, a better, a better way to, to get him mm. into the game. Yeah, he did look a little bit at times, I think, certainly in the, in, since the turn of the year, he looked a little bit like a, somebody who's playing a bit of a different game. <laughs> To, to what Liverpool were playing. So the right. rest of the team was playing. He was, you know, I think Jürgen called him. I can't remember what game it was. It might have been Fulham in midweek. He called him a, a racehorse. He said he chased after the ball like a racehorse. And we, we just had to rein him in a little bit and tell him to just stop it because we're all trying to, you know, do the bits behind you. You just need to be smarter, basically, in your running. Um, but I think he's, I think he, he that makes a difference. If Nune, if you've got a fire in Nunez and a fit Jota, obviously then the problem the problems that, you know, looking for a sixth forward becomes a sort of the ultimate luxury problem, doesn't it? You know, oh, we get it, we need six forwards. But the worry is obviously Jota had a really injury disrupted season. Diaz has had, you know, a bad injury that's, that's cost him, you know, best part of six months in a season. There are doubts over Nunez. So you've only really got two players there that on the basis of this season, you'd say, lovely bank on those two. It's yeah. Aaron and, and Gakpo. So there are enough doubts, but I, I think I think Liverpool probably would just be willing to to make those bets that you know Jota generally has played a lot of football. So you know this was a, a bit of a freak season for him. It's not it's not a pattern with him. Nunez is a young player who's come to a new new league. Diaz, you know, I think there'll be some internal wrangling over the way that they handled that that initial injury. There's something went wrong yeah. there, clearly, in terms of, you know, I think that cost them a couple of months. You know, basically, they, they should they should have just had him operated on immediately, shouldn't they, after he, he did his knee. And I think he'd have been back in January rather than March, April. Yeah. Um, so I think I think Liverpool will, will, will take the, the glass half full approach maybe with that. But you never know, the opportunities do arise. Now, if, you know, Liverpool haven't really done it, but if if you could get it, you know, you look at if you if you could get a sort of a Dom Solanke sort of type signing, you know, I know yeah. maybe not maybe not the player or a Danny Ing, you know, that that kind of player with a sort of you know a little opportunistic opportunistic signing, possibly they'd do it. Um, they might look, they might see Ben Doak as, as a first team option. You know, he, he he did, he certainly did make a decent impression, didn't he? In the, in yeah, the cameos where he had in the first, he's a different type of player. Um, I wouldn't be putting too much on his shoulders, but I, I, I think, I think, I think midfields. I, mean, I, I suppose as well. The other, the other thing is you could, you, you do, you do free up Curtis as well potentially to be a left side player in the, in the forward line, don't you? Do free up Harvey if he wants to play a little bit more in that wide right um, position. If you've got a lot of midfielders already available and fit to play in that box, you can, you can be a bit more sort of creative with those type of players. But I, I, I understand it. I'm, I'm, I'm on the sort of fence with it a little bit with that one where it's the ideal world. Probably you would have another forward and you just sort of really try and really sort of load up 
the top end yeah. of the field. But 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 I, at the same token, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be sort of tearing my hair out if Liverpool said at the start of the season we're going to go with these five, and you know we've we've spent our we spent our money on on three midfielders instead. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't sort of say that would be a terrible decision. I just think you, everyone as fans really they want they want every base covered, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I think Jurgen said it, didn't he? Whatever happens, it'll never be enough, so yeah. to speak. Always going yeah, to be exactly. Yeah, no, no, listen, it's inevitable, isn't it? You know, there'll be there'll be a scare in pre-season with you know someone someone unexpected will will pick up a little hamstring strain yeah. or something, or there'll be a you know a, a a worrying sort of lack of form for someone where you're thinking, God, they can't. All of a sudden, we're short there, or you know, we can't trust this player. Or there'll, there'll be little things will emerge before the season starts. But I think if you if Liverpool was to sort of at the very least, if they were to replace numbers-wise the four players who've been released, yeah, you know, not necessarily in style of player or even position, but if you were to get three midfielders and a defender in, I think Liverpool would be in a, a, a pretty decent shape squad-wise if everyone was fifth going into the new season. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And probably the the one question I did want to ask, especially sort of, it's fast fascinating to me personally, the person who's almost now charged with making that happen for Jurgen Klopp, Jörg Schmacker. So, comes in, he's literally less than a week in the job officially, or you know, we won't speculate on you know, what he's been doing behind the scenes or before, but he's now fully in, the sporting director. The runner seems three schools of thought with this, based on what we've heard from Germany, based on what we've heard from the press in the UK. There's almost the it's a short term just for this window, so to speak. There's the, I heard it described as maybe a, an interesting phrase, a try before you buy for Liverpool, so to speak, happily. So, you know, he stays if it goes well. But also there's the feeling that actually it's been done because of maybe age, the profile of the guy. It's uh, the real target still to be revealed as it is, so to speak. You know, they may be waiting for, for the person they want. And there's many names, don't get me wrong, we could throw at that that we won't. But from your info or how you see it, are you subscribing to any of those schools or do you think it wouldn't be that suspicious with any conspiracy theories? It just is what it is at this stage. <laughs> oh, I could be, I could see why the suspicion. I mean, it's a, let, let, you know, this isn't, this isn't aimed at him or, or sort of, you know, it's not, this isn't a, a snobbish thing around, you know, people who've worked at certain clubs or in certain mm-hmm. leagues, but this isn't the appointment anyone Expected from from Liverpool right. in terms of their sporting director, you know when 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 you think of the Liverpool sporting director role, you think of someone who's you know at the real cutting edge of 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 the European market, don't you? And yeah. Listen, Jörg Schmacker's career is is colourful and it's it's long and he's got a lot of experience, but the clubs he's worked at, you know, this is this isn't even just sort of marginally the biggest club he's ever worked at. This is like, you know, this almost two different worlds he's worked at, isn't it? You know, Wolfsburg being the Wolfsburg Hanover, you know, Alemanyak and yeah. um, you know, those type of clubs, they're 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 one thing Liverpool is a, a, a is a rude awakening. Um for any for a player, you how many times have you hear about players, even big players, sort of coming and doing pre season with Liverpool and sort of cut open mouth like wow is this what happens when you go to you know China or Hong Kong yeah. or you know where like this wow I didn't realise how big this club was um, so that that there's definitely a, a, a legitimate reason to sort of be A surprised and be a little bit concerned around around it obviously the short term thing is, is strange I don't know whether that 
that might be driven by him in the sense of, you know, he, he retired from football, didn't he, in January? Yeah. And he's been sort of tempted out of retirement. Is that a proviso of his that, like, look, I, I don't want to be sort of, I'm not sure I've got the stomach for this three years or whatever, you know, mm. should we have a look and see how it goes and see if you're, if everyone's happy. At, but the way it was sort of spoken to me was like, it's, it's likely to be extended as long as something terrible doesn't happen in, in the summer yeah. window, which fingers crossed, obviously. But I, I suppose the interesting fact from my, my side is, do we, are we going to hear more from the sporting director potentially? Is he going to speak a little bit? You know, are we going to, are we going to hear Liverpool taking a little bit of the, the heat away from the manager and answering questions yeah. about club policy and, and strategy? And, you know, that, that is a very German model, isn't it? You know, you, I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, Mac boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. You only have to look at sort of transfer stories in Germany to hear that you get that. I mean, it was Aki Vachka, wasn't it, at Dortmund or Michael Zork at Dortmund. We used to always hear them talking about transfers. Yeah. We've just seen, obviously, Karl-Heinz Rummenigge and, and Oliver Kahn and Hassan Salihamidzic at, at Bayern and people like that. So are we going to get a bit more of that maybe at Liverpool? Is that is that the reason they're bringing in someone with a bit of a a bit more of a, a presence um, yeah. in, in that, that sphere, possibly? Are they just looking at closing deals in, in the German market. I mean, there's, there's that obvious sort of thread to pull out. Yeah. Isn't there? You know, are, are we looking at someone who's just got expertise in that area? The other, I was, the way I sort of had a conversation with someone about this and he said, well, it's funny that you say that because you assume, don't you, that, oh, he spent all his life in the Bundesliga, so he's got great relations, but he's also probably pissed more people off in the Bundesliga than, yeah. than, than your average, yeah, your average right. sporting director, you know, so the, the, there's always that danger, but I think, I think it's an unusual one. I'd be interested to hear Liverpool explain it. I don't know if they ever will, but I'd be interested. To, I'm, I'm guessing Schmadke himself will do some kind of interview once the once he sort of you know officially gets his feet under the table once preseason. Yeah. I imagine he'll do something. I'd be interested to see what you know what the what the, the word is out of it. I mean, Jürgen, Jürgen said that near the back end of the season, he said it's not a Jürgen Klopp appointment, but then his agent knows him really well. And, you know, he, he, he spoke when he left Wolfsburg, Jürgen spoke and said some nice things and said, I'd like to, I'd have liked to have worked with him and things like that. And it, it it's just, a, there's a few things that just don't add up in, 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 yeah. in the story at the moment. But I, I'm not, not necessarily saying they don't add up because there's something terribly wrong. It just hasn't really 
emerged or it hasn't really been explained as mm. to, as to what the thinking is there. And I, I would be interested to know, but I think, you know, I'm, I'm not for one second saying that Schmadke is sort of the man behind this Alexis McAllister deal, but if, if, if that's the start of the window, if it carries on in the same vein, I think everyone will be pretty happy by the end, by the end of August, you know, whoever's sort of the man posing with the new sign and, you know, yeah. at, uh, at Kirby. Yeah, indeed. And, and for all the, the sort of rumours around Michael Edwards and the laptop guy and all the things, it's everyone gets judged on the signings in that role, don't they? And how successful they are. So, yeah, definitely to see. And probably the, the final question, because we've asked you pretty much every incoming that we can think of. Probably and there may really be nothing that sort of that that's factual or that, that's not speculation. But outgoing-wise, the only names we can really put on the block for you are Fabio Carvalho, because obviously that's been a natural story brewing recently. Kelleher probably came to the fore after the island manager Stephen Kenny's comments. Bar that, again, it, it tends to be just speculation. Is there anything you can sort of give us around any outgoings or those <laughs> names, anything like that at all? Excuse me, well, I'll start with Carvalho. I mean, I think it's an interesting one, Carvalho, because there's, there's a clearly a, a discord between what the player wants and what the club wants yeah. at this moment in time. And I I can see both sides of the argument, actually, as well. I, I can see why Fabio Carvalho would go into Liverpool at the end of this season and say, well, what's going on here? You know, what, what, am, I, what am I doing here? Like, let, get me out. Um, I can also see why Liverpool would say, look, just, we bought you, you know, it hasn't worked out yet. There's, there's been this, there are reasons why it hasn't worked out, I think, and, and that, that they're, I wouldn't say they're down to the player necessarily. I think they're down to Liverpool's struggles as much as anything in terms of, yeah. they, they haven't really been able to put him in a team that was functioning the way it should have been. You know, I just think if, I always think with, with Carvalho, if they'd have got him in that January, I wonder what it would have been like. You know, imagine I, I can imagine him making a, a pretty good impact in in the final months of that quadruple chasing season. You know, on yeah. the bench and playing games and getting his feet under him. And you might have just seen at the start of the season, all right, there you go. That's what Fabio Carvalho is. You know, sort True. of could easily be seen as almost like a Minamino sort of replacement. That kind of a kind of player. Yeah, it wasn't re- it wasn't really possible at the start of the season. I know he had a couple of goals and he started a couple of games, but it, it just wasn't. It wasn't Liverpool at the start of the season. So I can see why he would get itchy feet and think, well, I can't do another year of that, so I really need to get out. But I can also see why Liverpool would say, well, we, you know, we paid we paid a, a pretty good fee. We feel like we got a good deal for you. Mm. You haven't really boosted your value in the last 12 months because you haven't played much football. So why would we just sort of cut our losses on you? Why don't you go and play and, and sort of... You, the best of both worlds. You you go and get to play. You, you go and get your chance to to maybe play in the, you know a Europa League, Champions League team, and then you build your value or you you prove to us that you you're good enough to play in our team. Yeah. I understand from from I've spoken to a lot of people of Carvalho, just not not necessarily in sort of you know just more in passing anything, but I understand that he really does have a lot of fans at Liverpool in terms of you know. The way he trains, the attitude he's got, the the, the type oh. of character he is, the, the personality. I think there's an acceptance that that there are clear weaknesses in his game that needs to yeah. be needs to be worked on. I, I think just, I just don't know where he plays in this Liverpool team. That's probably the way the way I would say it. I don't think he's quite quick enough to play on the wing. I don't think he's quite strong enough to play 
as centre forward as like a, as a, you know in a gap post sort of type role. And yeah. I'm not sure he I'm not sure he sort of he's suited to playing in in a, in, a, in a role where you have to do an awful awful lot of sort of doggies you know like the, the Curtis Jones sort yeah. of off the ball pressing and that kind of always being in the right position. So I think that's just the difficult. I suppose the flip side of that is. He's probably more. He's probably more likely to fit in in a in a box midfield than he would be in a in a flat three. Um, but I think I think Liverpool Liverpool have been pretty firm in the in what they've sort of said when 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 the question has been asked about Carvalho, has always been if it's not on the agenda a permanent move this summer. I'm not sure I completely buy that because it has to be if he's not playing games and he and offers are coming in for him, it has to be on the agenda at least. But I would lean towards him going on loan, and I think that would be a the best solution for everyone would just be, look, we'll review this in, in 12 months' time. You've signed a five-year contract. We'll review it in 12 months' time. Where are you at? What have you done in your, on your loan spell? What's our squad looking like? What's our sort of team situation like? Yeah. And the very least is the offers that are here this summer are probably going to be there next summer anyway, You know, even if you don't have a great season on loan. So I think... I think from his perspective, I understand his, his frustration. I understand. I, to be honest, I, I, I did look at towards the back end of the season where there were games where I thought, why has he not come on there? What, you know, why did he not come on against Southampton on the last day of the yeah, season? Or what, what was all that about? You know, there were, there were opportunities, I think, for Liverpool to, to, to give him a, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of rope and say, go on, let's see what you do with it. But they didn't. And I can understand why he'd be frustrated. But from the flip side of Liverpool, they really made a big effort to get him ahead of some big clubs. The reason they'd done that is certainly Julian Ward at the time believed that this was a an elite, potentially elite talent that Liverpool were getting for a you know, song really, what, seven million pounds. Yeah. Why would you give up on that after just twelve months when you haven't really seen much of him? So I think Liverpool will try and push towards a loan deal. Maybe Carvalho might have to if he wants to get a permanent deal away, you might have to kick up a bit more of a fuss, but I'm not from from the, what I've heard from the people who, who who work with him, doesn't seem like he's that kind of guy. It just seems like he's a sort of a, a a quiet lad who loves playing football, and unfortunately hasn't played enough of it this season. Yeah, and fingers fingers crossed, like you said, even even if he goes to a team that does play that traditional ten, let's call it that. The worst that happens is his transfer value increases if it doesn't work out longer term that way as well. So yeah, and yeah, and he's still young. He's still so young. He's twenty. You know, he, he's so. You know, he's had a great season at Fulham, but that that he's still so so sort of raw almost in terms of his, his talent, isn't he, and, and his age. And you know, th- there are going to be these sort of bumps in the road. You look at what Harvey Elliott did on his loan at Blackburn. You know, I think, yeah. I think you know we made done really well. Tyler Morton's another one who's done really well this season, isn't he, in terms of boosting his his um, experience and, and profile. Um, there's no reason why Carvalho can't do it, albeit I think he'll be he'll be aiming at a, obviously a higher level and going to Blackburn in the Championship. I think he'll be wanting either a Premier League club or he'll be wanting a, a club that's you know abroad playing in, in the European competition. And I think Liverpool would welcome that. You know, Leipzig were obviously the club that have been making bids permanent. But you know, if you said a loan to Leipzig, I, I I don't think that's a bad move for a 20 year old sort of attacking midfielder. I don't think it's a bad move for Liverpool either. So you know, I. I I wouldn't be amazed if there was some sort of, you know, loan, loan with a, maybe even a two-year loan. You, you get those kind of yeah. deals, don't you? Where it's sort of, Mark, I don't think Marco Kluwitz, you think did that, didn't he? Where, where you sort of, you give that the sort of false 
sort of stability element here where you say, okay, that's your next two years. You, you're in there. You have that club going, going sort of go away and prove what you can do. So there are options there. I think he's going to have a lot of interest because, you know, we saw how many clubs were interested in signing him before he came to Liverpool and when he was leaving Fulham. So True. I don't think, I don't think all of those clubs will have, will have given up on the, on the player. I don't think Liverpool should. And there might well be nothing in this, but the only other names are mentioned, especially with this player, because a lot was made of the emotion on the final days. Kelleher and Simicass, anything you yeah. think in? I think Kelleher, I think Kelleher's not dissimilar to, to Carvalho, but probably, I, mean, I think Kelleher must be looking around. I mean, I, I don't know what his performance on the final day did for his yeah. to be there, for honest. I mean, I wonder whether that there was there was an element of there might have been a few people at Liverpool who were almost a little bit relieved, you know, that it, it maybe calmed some of the the sort of hype, you know, the suggestion. I think he's obviously a very good backup goalkeeper, and you don't get many of those in, in world football. You know, we've seen have we, you know, Spurs have ended the season playing Fraser Forster and yeah. you know things like that. You know, Arsenal backup goalkeeper. I, Thing is, is Matt Turner, is it? Is it he, he, you know, you, you wouldn't have thought they many clubs would be able to sustain a period without their first choice goalkeeper and, and keep True. at the top of the top level. Um, Liverpool, you feel probably would be able to do that if Keller had to play for, for two, three months. But that flip side of that is when, when you've got a good goalkeeper, they, they want to play football, don't they? And yeah. Liverpool didn't, didn't. Because of the cup issues that they had this season, because of the, the struggles in the league, they didn't have that option to, to give them ten games this season. Did they? There was probably only, a, I, I think, what did he play five, maybe maximum, um, yeah. which is not enough. I th- I think Jürgen Jürgen's sort of stance laid out in that press conference where he was quite forceful, wasn't he? What they say after an extraordinary offer, I think he said for us to consider it. I don't know whether that's a message to the buyers or it's a message to the player in the sense of don't be getting your hopes up that you're leaving, you know, we're counting on you. Or is it a message to the buyers that, okay, if you want to sign this player, get your, get your checkbooks out because you're going to have to be putting some serious money down there. My gut would be that he'd stay, um, at least for next season and then they'd, they'd look at it then. Um, but it might depend again on the player if he, you know, if he, if he comes and says, look, I can't, I, I, I'm just not prepared to do this or I, I, I need out. We've seen Jürgen do it in the past with, you know, Mignolet, with Lovren, with Lalana, with, with players who, who he sort of said, okay, I'll, I'll respect your wishes and, and away you yeah. go. Um, I wonder whether, I wonder whether it'll get to that stage or whether Liverpool will just iron it out quickly and say, look, sorry, you signed your contract, you're here, you, you know, Commit to the season, and then we'll we'll review it again. Yeah, and Simicass. Like just to move move on to Simicass. I think that's an interesting one, Simicass. I mean, I, I I noticed that the Villa game wasn't it, where he was he was very emotional and yeah. He, I think he's had a poor season personally, Simicass. I, th- I think he I think he's what's clear and probably wasn't clear twelve months ago, but what's clear is that Liverpool's next start and left back won't be him, will it? You know, yeah. when, when when Robertson sort of moves on which we don't know when that'll be but let's say let's say three three years time when Robertson is 32 or whatever I don't I don't see a world where Simicast just steps in and becomes Liverpool's left back I, I think he's very much a backup I think we saw that this season he's had, he had some yeah. good moments he delivers a good corner and he you know he's obviously a good personality and people like him he'll never be forgotten by Liverpool for scoring a winning penalty in a in a, in a, a cup final 
but I think we saw his limitations this season personally. I, I, and he is probably one of the few assets outside of the main core of players, isn't he? That you'd say, well, you could probably get a few quid for for someone like him. So I think it might that might be one that you know if if a deal was to pop up, someone was interested in paying even sort of what Liverpool paid for Simakas or maybe a little bit more. I, I could see why Liverpool would be tempted to do that. You know, you've got Luke Chambers coming through from the, from the academy. You, yeah. I mean, I, I, you and I, you and I have spoken about him in the past. I know you've kept an eye on him up in Scotland since he, he came and really he helped he helped Kilmarnock stay up didn't he? in in in, yeah, um, been great. in in the Premiership. And you know, I think he's a real prospect. I really like him. Liverpool might see that, you know, as as one of those. Okay, well. We can we can afford to trim some fat there and 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 put you know take a gamble with a young a young fullback Owen Beck still at the club I, I know he's had a difficult season in terms of a couple of loans that didn't work out um so possible I would say with Simakas it wouldn't it wouldn't amaze me if if we, if we saw some sort of transfer activity with with, with Simakas yeah. um and again you know I suppose that do the thing is we we talk about centre backs and we that that sort of a lot of suggestion has been that can you find that sort of centre back that can play full back as well? And you know, I look at City and the success they've had with Nathan Ake. That would be, Ake, a, yeah, that would be a cracking sign of someone like Liverpool, wouldn't it? You know, if you could get a, a version of that, would would almost help you fix two problems with one, and then you could move on Simakas. Because the other, I suppose the other thing is with this redesigned formation. Yeah, I don't think Simakas can play left centre back in it. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't fit, does it? You know, it. It's so. It might. It might be one of those where he's a victim of sort of the evolution of the team a little bit. Um, a poor season, I think, from his own standards as well. And then the the fact that he's still of an age and a pedigree and a, you know a, a sort of a market value that you can get some money as well. So yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't be amazed at all if we, we were talking about Simicast moving on this summer, but I haven't heard anything concrete on it. You know, I haven't heard that sort of oh, so and so are interested or that he said that he's leaving or that whatever. I've just I've seen I've connected the dots a little bit, you know, with the sort of the emotion and the the fact that he's probably not gonna use uh, Robertson. But listen, let's be fair, there was, there was he had a pretty good season the year before, didn't he? Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of assists and some big moments, played a lot of football. Uh, and I think there was probably a period in that period, that season, sorry, where people were saying, "Oh, you know, who's who's who is the best left back?" But I think we've had that emphatically answered in the last twelve months. And um, yeah, we'll see what the future holds for the Greek scouser. Yeah, indeed. I think especially as well a name that had come up in so gone quite a bit actually. But I think he's pronounced in Nasio, the one that sported Lisbon, so yeah. that left centre back. I think that was almost like you say, it might be two and two and getting twenty seven, but. When he was linked, I think a lot of people were thinking, well, that'll be Simicast going this summer pretty much if he comes in as well. Yeah, obviously. I mean, that, that, that's it, isn't it? A, a, a lot depends on, on, on other things, doesn't it? And you you wouldn't, you know, if Simicast were, if the offer was sort of £10 million, you'd say, well, you'd rather have, you'd rather have the, the security of having the second yeah. choice left back, wouldn't you? But if, you, if you're getting 20, 25 million for someone like that, you, of course, you'd have to consider the same goes with Joe Gomez, same goes, same, same probably goes with, 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 with Curtis Jones, to be honest. If you were getting sort of big, big money offers for, for players like that, you'd have to think about it. Um, I, I think Simica, and that Phillips would be another one, wouldn't he? Obviously, uh, we, we did mention him as a possible outgoing, probable outgoing. I think, I think his time surely has come in terms of getting his move away. Um, I'm not sure what the field be. They probably 
probably be a lot less than it would have been maybe 18 months ago but right. I think he, I think he'll be one that gets moved on there's obviously a few players coming back off loan that maybe you could look at you know Step Vandenberg um, you've got obviously Lee Williams came back mid-season but Lake Clarkson or another one up in Scotland at a half yeah. this season um, the, there's, there's possible possible movement there isn't it as well with, with, with a few players I think maybe even Billy Cometio Um but they're not really going to be moving the dial, you know, in terms of in terms of money. I think they're going to be more sort of just ticking over ones that you can maybe go and spend on the next Ben Dokes and I and yeah. and people like that, yeah. Bobby Clark, yeah, or, or or you know, if you need a backup goalkeeper, third choice goalkeeper, or that kind of thing. But still, I think there'll be plenty of activity definitely at, at Liverpool this summer. It's um, there already has been plenty, hasn't there? You know, in terms of. McAllister and obviously the speculation but I think there's a lot more to come I'll be interested to see just how sort of Liverpool squad looks when they what is it the 8th of July is it the report back um, 6th of July um, I'll be interested to see sort of how much has been done by then yeah which which to be fair was the final question I want to ask you I know I know you're not a betting man so we're not going to hold you to this I promise this is not going to be the struck line on the article or the you know this says Neil Jones says XYZ but if you had to sort of guess or, you know, leaning towards anything, by the time they return, because like you said, it's Jürgen's talked about sort of the 8th of July, maybe 11th for the international players as well. Yeah. That's probably the thing that I think people are sort of fascinated by, the way he talked before about wanting to have his business done early. And then obviously in the last press conference, there was a bit of about six or seven weeks, but that still kind of marries up with about June the 8th or 10th, something yeah. like that. So that still tallies. What does your gut probably more than anything tell you will be through the door at AXA by that day? <laughs> I think we'll have a good idea of what Liverpool are going to do. Um, I think they'll have the bulk of it done. They, they, they generally have. I mean, if you look at, in the summer windows, I mean, last season they had it all done, didn't they? Bar, yeah. bar Arthur, which which came late in the window. Season before they had it all done with Canate, didn't they? I don't think there was any other senior signings. I think... It was it was a bit different the year before because of the pandemic. They had Jota and Thiago came quite late in the in, in that right. one, but that was that was a sort of a really elongated window. With, I mean, the Champions League was being played in August, wasn't it? The the previous year's Champions League, so yeah. there was there was reasons for that. Um, but generally, they they they, they like to have that idea, don't they? Klopp <laughs> talks about, and I think I think it's interesting the way he's talking about pre-season and how important that is. You know. I think they, they realised they got things wrong in pre-season last year. Maybe played too many games, or they didn't they didn't focus on certain things, or they they, they obviously maybe overworked the players too early, yeah. or whatever it was. What I think they feel were mistakes were made. I think the way he's talked about pre-season suggests that they they really want to get a, a sort of a, a a plan together in that period. And I think to have that plan, you need to know who your players are going to be. So I, I wouldn't be amazed at all if Liverpool have got the three signings in by the time they report back and we're talking about you know I mean if it was me I would say it would be three midfielders and a defender if it was three midfielders I'd still say that was a okay that was a fair go at, at fixing your problems if it was two and a defender similar I'd maybe have a little bit more doubt I'd still be wanting another one but um, I think well, I think Liverpool will have two definitely Probably three in by the time they start. I think, I think maybe the question is just who they're going to be on top of McAllister. Yeah, absolutely. And 
crazy, isn't it? The season's finished, but it feels like the busiest period almost ever. The way it's going. Do you know what's funny? I, I, I've said this. I, I met with um, with, with a, a colleague today. Um, I, I said, you must get it the same as well. I said, you must get people. You sort of say, they are, what do you do when the season's over? You know, sort of as if you, as if you, you're off for till August type of thing. And I, I said, it, just gets, <laughs> it gets, it gets, it gets busy and it gets tougher, you know, because you obviously got, so you've got, I've got the rhythm of games and things like that. So mm. June, June used to be sort of this traditional quiet month, if you like, in, in football, the football season, but it's anything but now, you know, it's, it's probably the busiest month in terms of, you know, the news element to it and the, the day to day calls and, and speculation and stories to chase. It's probably, it's probably the busiest period of the season, to be honest, apart from maybe deadline day or, you know, May when you, you, you're in the hunt for trophies and things like that. So yeah, I, I expect, uh, I expect there'll be a fair few, you know, stories and I'm sure I'll get a few messages off you in the next few weeks about certain names that pop up or whatever and we'll just have to see what what, what comes from it. Yeah, don't worry, the drafts are already ready, already set. <laughs> I need to go see what comes up. But yeah, absolutely. And, and no doubt you'll have people like ourselves and others, you know, with numerous requests. So all it really leads me to say, Neil, is listen, thank you so much. I know we've taken a lot of your time. We've been around everything okay. else you possibly could, but... Much appreciated there. So, fingers crossed, ladies and gentlemen, you enjoyed that as much as I did. And that is another Media Matters for Anfield Index. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.